Uh, well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Five days left, guys. You still have a chance to go buy your wife something. We got five days left. It's counting down. No excuses. Uh, but, but it is good to have you. If you're a guest with us, I know we have a lot of guests. Uh, welcome. Our number one hope is that you encounter God here. Uh, we've got great music. We've got some great things at the church. But number one priority is that you would encounter Jesus today. And so that's what we've been praying. And that's what we're hoping is going to happen to you today if it hasn't already Happen. My name is Derek. I'm one of the teaching pastors. I go between Cypress and Spring Branch and back to Cypress and back to Spring Branch, wherever they need me. They kind of pull the bullpen. Hey, Derek, go in there, and I'll go preach wherever they call me. And so it's, it's on behalf of the church staff, just Merry Christmas. We know you have a lot of things going on, and you carved out some time this morning uh, to be with us, and we don't take that for granted. Today we are going to conclude the Advent series. Has anybody enjoyed the Advent series? Yeah, yeah, a few people. Good. One. Yeah, one person. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we, we started out with looking at expectation, and then we moved from expectation to preparation. And then last week, uh, Curtis just brought a great word on justice. So good. I listened to the podcast. Uh, and so today, we're going to shift gears a little bit, the last advent, and we're just going to look at a three-letter word, joy. Joy. We just sang about rejoicing. What's, what's that look like? And, and today, I hope that we can look at what was the joy at the time of Jesus and what does that look like for us now? How can we have joy? Let me give you a definition, uh, just a standard dictionary definition of joy. It's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. It's delight and exhilaration. So it's this feeling of just, just, just rejoicing, this, this excited anticipation, like it's like all this good thing. It's inside. It's a feeling. Now, do we have any Star Wars fans in the building today? Yeah, we got a few. It's okay. It's okay to admit it. Thanks for not wearing your Chewbacca suit today. We appreciate that. Uh, but, but you probably had some joy the last few days. Can I say, yeah, yeah, you had some joy. You know, watch the late night movie. Well, I brought a little picture here that I thought would maybe bring you some joy and maybe a laugh. Look at this church sign. It says, a long time ago in a Galilee far, far away. Isn't that just amazing? Like, if you want to share this, it's on our Facebook page. You can do it. But I love just kind of the play on all the hype around Star Wars saying, hey, a Galilee Jesus was born a long, long time ago. It's a play on, if you know anything about Star Wars, uh, I don't actually. I don't know if I've seen any of the Star Wars, so don't hold that against me. I know, grace, 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 don't judge a brother. But uh, joy, we, we get joy from all things. Like movies, you can get some joy from. I, I personally, when I see my son uh, play sports or when I see him just this last week, he's got the Jingle Bell Boogie. He has been killing it on the keys. I mean, he is just killing it. And I love to watch him get excited about doing a good job. It just brings joy for a father. Or, or when I saw just last week my, my little daughter, she's uh, six years old, seven years old. She'd kill me if I didn't say that. Six years old. Uh, she practiced weeks and weeks and weeks for her ballet Recital. She was the flute in the little nutcracker. And, uh, and last week, I got to see her have three minutes of bliss. All that work for three minutes of getting up there. And I was the proudest dad. There was so much joy coming out of me watching that. Or, or when I see my almost four-year-old, Jet, when I see him ride a bike, and then I see him fall down. And when I see him get that look in his eyes, he looks at the bike and says, you're not going to have me. And he jumps back up on the bike. Like that is so much joy for me. Maybe this morning you get joy when your spouse loves you in a certain way. That can definitely bring you joy. Or maybe today you're, you're excited about Christmas morning because you've packed the gifts and you've folded them just perfect creases right there. Just beautiful. Most of the women in here, the guys kind of get newspaper and duct tape and put it together. But women, they, they do so good. And maybe some guys. So that's not a biased thing. Some guys will do that really well. I'm not one of those guys. 
Uh, but you pack the present up and you give it. And when you see them excited, when you see their faces, there can be joy on your face, right? Parents, you, you, own, you hope for that joy to be present. But, but the challenge with that kind of joy, it, it, it definitely is something we should hope for and we should embrace. But that joy is temporal. It, it, it's circumstantial. It, it's based on a performance. It's based on an outcome. So as a dad, if my kids don't perform or don't react the way that I hope they do, my joy can be decreased. If my, my family, if my wife doesn't love me in a certain way, if, if she lets me down and doesn't love me the way I hope that she loved me, my joy can be decreased. If I go out and spend a lot of money on a gift for my kids and they end up playing with the box more than the gift, my, my joy can be decreased. A little bit because all of that joy, although it's good and we should have that as a believer, it's temporary. It's not going to be eternal. And so the joy that we're talking about today is Jesus' joy. And I know that sounds really corny and I made it corny on purpose so you could remember it. Corny but right. Jesus' joy. Because the joy we want to talk about today is the joy that is wrapped up in Jesus A joy that is so rooted in the hope of what Jesus has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in the future, that joy overflows. See, hope and joy, you can't have joy apart from hope. And so the joy that we're talking about today is hope rooted in Jesus, wrapped up in Jesus, that overflows into this joy that doesn't matter if your circumstances are great or your circumstances are terrible. As James said, count it all joy even when you face trials, right? So joy that we're talking about today is not the ebbs and flows of life. It's, it's the hope of Jesus, what he has done, what he will do, and what he's doing right now here on this earth. And the beauty of this kind of joy is that it cannot be taken from you. Now, we can give it away. Like when, I, when I'm so in love with Jesus and I got my eyes on him and everything's good and then this other thing pops up, maybe a good thing, a really good thing, or maybe a really bad thing, and I get my eyes off of Jesus and I get my eyes on something else, what I do is I, unaware, I give away the joy and I begin to try to put my hope or my disappointment in something else. You see, I can give it away, but it can't be taken away because Jesus is the alpha and the omega, beginning and the end. He's not going to be taken away from you. So if our hope is in the eternal Jesus, it cannot go away from you. It doesn't matter what's good or bad. It's hope that's based in Jesus that leads us to joy. And so that's the kind of joy that I want us to talk about today. We're going to look at just a few scriptures. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Um, The first part of Luke chapter 2 talks about Mary, the mother of Jesus, having Jesus, giving birth to him. And then we're going to pick up in verse 8 when the angel came to speak to the shepherds. Love this part of the story. And it says, in the same region, which is the same region where Jesus was born, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. They got the short stick that week. They had graveyard uh, shift, which is no fun. And then the an-, an-, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, boom, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And this is the verse we're going to focus on, verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, listen, I bring you good news 
of great joy that will be for all the people. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This is what we're going to set up today. We're going to spend most of today looking at what is this good news of great joy that is supposed to provide me joy. We're going to look at that, but before, I've got underlined in my Bible, it says this good news of great joy is for all the people. If you've got your Bible, that's a great place to underline for all the people. Now, specifically, this is speaking of the Israelites first, but then it was going to go from the Israelites to the rest of the world. So the good news that we're going to talk about today is not just for those that have their rear ends in a seat in church. It's not just for the Americans. It's for Christians. It's for Muslims. It's for Hindus. It's for Buddhists. It's for the Jew and the Gentile. It's for Arabs. It's for Americans. It's for Russians. It's for Africans. It's for the male and the female and the people that are confused on which side. It is for everyone, including every single person in this room. Now we see this, the kingdom of God, it breaks in when Jesus is born. And so from the very beginning, we see that this good news is for everyone because guess who gets the news? The shepherds. Now remember, the shepherds, they're kind of on the outside of society. They're the ones that are busy tending their flocks, and so they can't really do all the religious rituals. And so they're the blue-collar, working-hard kind of guys. They're actually lowly and humble in society. And so the kingdom of God, what we see here, gets flipped upside down. Who does the angel go to to tell them, hey, come and see Jesus, the humble, the lowly? So the kingdom of God, what happens is, is that in the kingdom, it takes the humble and honors them. It takes the lowly and actually gives them honor, gives them worth. And we see this from the very beginning that these shepherd boys who were out chilling on a rock in the middle of the night, the angel shows up, boom. And they get invited to the greatest sip and see that's ever hit the world. Come and see Jesus. And so, so we see here, it is not just for you. It's not just for the church. It's for everyone. But the question is, it's only, or who, will you receive it? It's good news. Great joy for all. Every single person. But only those that receive it will actually experience the good news that leads to great Joy, And so we're going to look at this news today. What, what was the great news that was brought to these shepherds by the angels? Flip over one, one page probably to Luke chapter 1. So what we first want to do is we want to get in the mindset of the Israelites or of the Jewish people at this time. When they received this news from the angels, what would they have thought? Like what was the good news that these people would have thought about when they heard this? Whether it was Zechariah or Elizabeth or Mary or Joseph or these shepherds. And so I want us to take us back to where the angel, the same angel likely, uh, came to Mary and said, hey, Mary, I know you're a virgin, but you're going to have a baby, and his name is going to be Jesus, okay? That's where we're picking up. He had just told Mary, you're going to have a baby. His name is going to be Jesus. And then 32, the angel tells her, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And so the good news that I want us to look at today, I'm breaking down in three parts. The first part is, the good news is, Emmanuel is here. 
Emmanuel is here. And we see this in the very first part. The, the son that Mary has, Jesus, he is going to be the son of the Most High. He is literally going to be God. In Matthew, Joseph has this encounter with an angel, and he actually quotes um, Isaiah 7.14 that says, There will be a virgin, she will give birth to a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel. Now, we just sang a song about Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And so just imagine if you're this shepherd boy, and you're out in the middle of a field, and you get this good news of great joy. Emmanuel is here. God himself is now in our midst. Can you imagine? Now, now in Israel, though, you got to take a step back and get my mind around what was going on all the time. God's presence was not like it is today. It was only in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. Only one time a year could the high priest, so one man, one time a year, could he enter into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God. Okay, get, so if you're not that one man, and it's not that one day, there's no chance you're going to enter into the presence of God. And so these shepherds, I mean, they were so far removed from the religious scene, it was never an option for them. Like, they didn't have a hope that they could sometime be that guy. But then, the angel says, come and see, Emmanuel is here. And so these lowly, humble shepherds, they get invited to see God himself and the good news was that now they could actually interact with God that God had been faithful to his promise that he would send someone that he would send himself and that God was faithful to say I want to be with my people so when they heard Emmanuel is here it was good news of great joy because now God was with them the second thing I see in verse 32 It says that uh, the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. Now, now we know a little bit about King David, right? He was a a great warrior. We know about David and Goliath, right? Goliath was there taunting the Israelites. Nobody could defeat him. Uh, He was like, hey, I'm a teenager. I'm going to go out and take a rock and level this guy in the head. And he goes and kills this guy and cuts off his head. And that sounds gruesome, but in that moment, what was David to Israel? He was a savior, And so then David went on, and he led many, many battles for Israel. And in that, he was actually a type of Christ. He was pointing to the coming of the real Savior. But in that moment, he was the Savior for Israel. He was saving them from their enemies. And so when they thought of David, they thought about a Savior. And so we see here the good news that was full of great joy was that Emmanuel was here. But that Emmanuel, he was also Savior. If you flip back over to 2, chapter 2, verse 11, it says this, For unto you this, for unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ the Lord. And so the angels knew, hey, good news, great joy, the Savior is here. And what is he saving them from? In Matthew, once again, we hear that Jesus is coming and that he is going to save his people from their sins. Now, just think about the shepherd guys. Once again, get yourself in their state of mind. They were raising sheep for a living. During this time, what was sacrificed for the sins of the Jewish people? Sheep. Now, now in your head, just think about They would have recognized that their work 
was somewhat connected to the forgiveness of sins. I'm raising up these sheep. There's a good chance in the same region some of these sheep would actually be offered as a sin sacrifice for their own sins. So they were very attuned with what it looked like for sheep to be sacrificed. But now they're getting this word that, hey, this Savior's coming. Emmanuel, God is with us, and he is your Savior, and he's going to save you from your sins. Good news of great joy. And then finally we see in verse 33 in Luke chapter 1, he says, And he, Jesus, will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so the last piece of good news was that Jesus is the king. The king is here. Now during this time, the Roman government was oppressing the Israelites Before that, it was mostly the Persian army was oppressing the Israelites. And so they looked forward to the day that was spoke about by the prophet Jeremiah in in, um, Isaiah, that someday a king would come. And that king just wouldn't come, but he would then set up his kingdom on this earth. And in that kingdom, what would happen is that the redemption, the restoration the renewal of the people of God would begin to go in line with what God desired from the very beginning. So the good news is the king is here and he's setting up his kingdom on this earth. And so that means that I can now start seeing the rule and reign. Things will be made right, aligned with God in my presence. It's good news of great joy that the king is here. To restore and redeem. And so what, what happened in this moment is that the, sh- the shepherds and Mary and David, they had no more waiting. All their hope that was in what was going to be has now been fulfilled. Do, do you understand that? That when Jesus comes on the scene, no longer is it God will be with us. It is God is with us. No longer is it going to be the Savior will come. It's no, the Savior is here now. No longer will it be the King will come in the future. No, the King is here. Good news, great joy. The King is here. Emmanuel is here. The Savior is here. It's not temporary anymore. Everlasting joy. So what does that mean to us today? Derek, that was 2,000 years ago. What, What in the world does that mean to you? Listen, I'm not an angel today. I'm sorry to disappoint you. You can ask my wife. I've got way too much humanity left in me to be an angel. But the good news of great joy for all people is still just as full of joy as it was 2,000 years ago. So I bring you good news of great joy today that Emmanuel, God with us, still matters to you today. Because when Jesus came, he was Emmanuel, God with us. He lived on the earth like us, with us. Men and women. He was walking with the the great religious leaders, but he also associated with the lowly, the sinner, the tax collector, the prostitute. That's who he related with. And so God was with us, but then Jesus said that I'm going to leave. Just just think about the disciples. Man, I thought you were Emmanuel, God with us. But then he gathers disciples and says, hey, guys, I'm actually going to leave you. God with us. I'm going to leave and go back to the Father. But listen, it's going to be so much better for you because when I get to my father I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit so God with us leaves so that he can send God in you 
if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. He left to send the Holy Spirit to not only live with us, Emmanuel, but to live in you and in me. That today the good news is that you are now a temple and the presence of God dwells in you. Just let that sink in a second. That's crazy. Like generations have looked forward to the time that we are living in, the time that God just wouldn't be near, but he would actually be in us. His spirit put in you to dwell in you. See, that's good news because of this, because in the midst of the ups and downs of life, the midst of the highest highs and the lowest low, the hope that you have today that brings out eternal joy is that God is with you. I sat down across from a man a couple weeks ago, one of my friends, his wife was going through some major um, difficulty. The, the sheaths around her nerve endings in her leg were being ripped off. And so, so much pain. Uh, she had a major back issue. So, so much they've been going. Then they thought she had cancer. And so there was this, all this hit and miss. And so I sat down beside me and he began just to talk to me about in the midst of this terrible season of their life, what has held them together and given them joy, even in this circumstance, was the fact that they know and they have experienced God with us. And so the hope that we have today that leads us to joy, that does not ebb and flow with your circumstance, is the fact that the Spirit of God, who Jesus sent, the same Spirit that raised him from the dead, is now in you and with you, working to equip you, to empower you, to bring you into the image of Jesus himself. And as Jesus said, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That is good news of great joy. Number two, we see, why is this important to us? Savior, Savior. Now, when Jesus was born in a manger, none of the people around the manger probably knew what was going to happen to Jesus. They had heard that he was going to save them from their sins, that he was God with us, but they didn't realize that he had a death wish on his life. That when he was born, he was born with a purpose, and that purpose was to go on the cross and to die a real death, no pulse, no breath. He died on the cross and took the wrath of all of our sin. Just let, just, just, we cross over that way too often. Listen, Jesus died for every one of your sins. Every sin that ever was committed, every sin that will be committed. Jesus took the penalty, which is death. He took that upon himself and hung on the cross. And then he was buried and three days later resurrected. To save you, to save me, to save anyone who calls upon his name from our sin, but not just from our sin, to the Father. See, sometimes we we miss out on this. He saved us from our sins, but he saved us from our sins in order to connect us to the Father. That is good news. No longer are we needing sacrifices. There's a lot of us saying, yeah, I don't want to be killing anything. That's good news. See, the good news is that the Savior came over 2,000 years ago, and he died on the cross. He was resurrected, and today his saving power is no less powerful. The scriptures tell us anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? I need that today. I will need that. I need him to be Savior today. For anyone who says, Lord, forgive me, he will give you forgiveness. You see, he is Savior. He is Lord, and what that means is that there is no sin that's out of reach for God. 
There's not one thing that you've done that maybe today you're thinking of, maybe this uh, keeps me from God's love. No, there's not one sin. He prayed for the guys that were putting them on the cross. That's the kind of love that Jesus had. And so when we say, God, forgive me, Jesus, I need your forgiveness, what happens is that he immediately removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. When God looks at us, he sees perfection. And in that, listen, because a lot of us struggle with this, there is no more shame. There's no more guilt. And as Paul says, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Listen, that is good news of great joy. Do you believe that today? Have you received that today? It's available to every single one of us today. His saving power is no less powerful today as in the day that he died. Jesus is our Savior. That is good news of great joy. And then finally, King. Jesus is the King. That's the primary message that Jesus taught when he walked the earth for three and a half years and and did his ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus spoke about the kingdom Almost, I I think, really more than anything else during his time of ministry on this earth. And so Jesus came to begin the kingdom of God, bring it to this earth, and to preach about it, but not just preach about it, but then to demonstrate what does it look like to live on this earth. And let me tell you, today, Jesus is still king. No matter who the president is going to be in 2016, guess what? Jesus is still king. Amen? No matter what happens overseas, Jesus is still king. No matter what happens in our backyard, Jesus is still king. And what's happening is that kingdom that broke in at Jesus, it is continuing to advance little by little. And in that kingdom, what you'll see when the kingdom is at hand is there is restoration, there is redemption, there is restoration to make things the way that it was intended by God in the beginning. And what's beautiful is we are actually invited into the king's kingdom to begin to see that kingdom break into our lives today. That not everything in the kingdom has to be in heaven. No, he said, pray that the kingdom of heaven would come to this earth, that heaven would break in, that we would see people healed, that we would see people set free from demonic influences, from addiction, that we would see people saved. That's what the kingdom looks like, and that's what it looks like to live under the king's reign. And this is the other beautiful thing about the king. If we really believe he's king, if we believe he's king, we will have no fear. Now, that may be a stretch for some of us. And maybe God's working through some things today. But here's the thing. If I really believe Jesus is king over everything, for all eternity, if I believe that and receive that, that means I no longer have to fear death. I no longer have to fear persecution. I no longer have to fear being the odd one on my street that everybody kind of points and laughs at. I don't have to fear when I go and I share the love of Christ with the way I serve somebody. If they don't receive it, I don't have to own that. You see, when Jesus is king of your life, when I've got my eyes set upon him, my fear vanishes because he is Lord over all. He's king over all, and he will be for eternity. When he comes back, he will still be king, and everything will be made right. So the joy that we have today is Emmanuel is here. The Savior still saves. And the king and his kingdom are breaking into this world at an amazingly fast rate. Good news of great joy for all that will receive it.
Now, many of us in this room, we are on the quest for joy. And, uh, and I uh, definitely have had seasons of my life where I have sought and sought after joy. Uh, when I first graduated college, uh, actually, even if you went back up to college, the only reason I majored in engineering was because I wanted to get an MBA at some point and then to be a CEO. Because if I thought I could be a CEO, I would have arrived. And there would be joy on the other side of the rainbow. And so what I did is I structured my life in a way that I was so seeking after what I thought would bring Derek joy. I got in the corporate rat race, and I was running hard, top 5% of a large Fortune 100 company, rated excellent every year. I was promised, you know, all those 30 years down the road, the companies always tell you that, that pipe dream, yeah, that's going to happen. That's what I was told. And so I was running hard after that. I was running hard after some side businesses because, man, if I thought if I just had my own business, then I would make it. And there would be joy waiting for me there. If I just had the right house. And so we, we, we spent too much money on our first house. We had a five-acre plot, which is not the same in Houston as it is in Ohio, just so you know. I wasn't that rich. But, but it had some, we had five acres, a little house, and, and I was able to farm and sell sweet corn on the back, a couple acres I mean, just great things that really brought some joy. But here's the thing. None of those brought me lasting joy. So, so as soon as I achieved one thing, I would have to go and I would have to come up with what's the next greatest thing. Because I was in this pursuit of joy. But every time I got it, it was like getting an apple that was actually plastic. I went to bite it and I'm like, wow, that wasn't what I thought it would be. On to the next thing. And some of you are probably there today and maybe you've spent 50 years of your life this pursuit of joy, this pursuit of happiness. I was watching Barbara Walters, uh, don't judge me, and, um, and uh, the top ten uh, most interesting people. Um, and, and one of the guys on there, she, she said something about joy or happiness, and she said, that's the question, how do I get it? And so I, I ask you the question, how do you get joy? Because what I found and what all of you have probably found at some point in your life that promotion, that money, that status, that power, that authority, they can only get you so far. And the reality is all of those things are dependent upon your production, your performance. They're temporal. And so the moment that job opportunity decreases or we hit a tough economic season and you get laid off, my joy goes out the window. The moment that my wife doesn't tell me something that I want her to tell me, my joy goes out the window. And so I was sitting there still pursuing, pursuing, pursuing with zero joy. My marriage was a wreck. My relationship with my kids was just barely hanging on. But on the outside, I looked really, really good. And then I had this encounter with God, and I've shared this before, and it wasn't an audible voice, although I think God still speaks that way sometimes. But, but God spoke clearly into my and said, Derek, are you going to choose to continue walking your path or are you going to choose my path that I have for you? And in that moment, you know, being the engineer, I kind of broke it down, pros and cons, real quick, like a blink of an eye. Man, my life is not giving me much joy. Like I've gotten some things, I've had promotions, like on the outside, I look really successful. But, but there's no joy there. Like what's the problem? And, and then I looked what God offered and he offered me hope. He offered me, Derek, I don't care how well you do, you are going to be my son. I love you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. But I need you to follow me and not follow Derek. 
And in that moment, just by the grace of God, it's nothing that I did. I said, you know what? This isn't working out what I'm running after. God, I say yes to you. Whatever that means, I give myself fully to you. And in that moment, probably for the first time in a long time, I finally uh, got my eyes off of my navel and off of all the things that I was trying to control. And I finally got my eyes on the king. And my hope went from these temporal things to now my hope is in Jesus. And and, and let me tell you, that doesn't mean everything's perfect in my life. There are struggles for sure, ups and downs. But I'll tell you this much. I've got less money in my bank account. I've got a less net worth, all the things that I really pump myself up with. I've got less upward mobility in a corporate ladder. But what I do have is the joy of Jesus in my life. And it changes everything. No longer do I have to ride the ups and downs of life. If I really believe that Jesus is with me, that he's living in me, Holy Spirit here, if I really believe that he has saved me and is continuing to save me until he saves me for eternity, or if I really believe he is king over all and that his kingdom is wanting to break into my life if I would just let him happen, if I believe that and keep my eyes on him, there is a chance for hope. And when I have hope in Jesus, I have joy that cannot be taken from me. And that is the good news of great joy that we all can have today. But the reality is you have to receive it. Some of us are going to leave this room and you're not going to receive the love, the forgiveness, and the joy of Christ. Others have already received that. And others today, you're going to say, you know what, that joy, that good news of Jesus saving, that Jesus being with us, I want that. And you're going to come during prayer time and you're going to say, I want Jesus And you're going to transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. From the kingdom of hopelessness to the kingdom of hope. And so as we pray today, these are the three things that I want us to pray for. And I've really been praying and I'm expecting God to do something really neat here today. Is that the number one thing, if you have any desire to know that God is with you. Maybe today you're struggling with that reality that you say, man, I hear the scripture, I know the truth, but I don't know. I've never experienced the presence of God. Today, you you just say, I I want to see God. I want to hear God. We want to pray with you because we still believe that God speaks. Amen? And we want to give testimony to the fact that God still speaks in amazing ways. Let's not put him in a box today. Let's let him out. And so we're going to pray first for you to experience God. Number two, we're going to pray for some people in this room that you need to know Jesus. That you have no hope in the world apart from Jesus. So today, if you want to be saved To know the Savior, you just come forward and to anybody that's going to be praying up here and just say, I want to know this Jesus. And we're going to pray with you and talk with you. And today, you will go from hopeless to hopeful to lacking joy to joy because your eyes will finally get off of yourself and onto the King. And then finally, uh, what we're going to pray for, and this is probably most of us in this room, uh, we're going to ask A prayer just like Jesus told us to pray, where he said to pray that his kingdom come, that his will would be done on earth just as it is in heaven. So anything you can think of that's in heaven, especially what the scriptures tell us, no sickness, no disease, community, no brokenness. We're going to ask for God to come and to allow that to be experienced, not just in knowledge, but actually experienced today. That his kingdom would come. And so if you have a broken body in any way, you've got a a doctor that's telling you something or you've got literally a hurt something, 
We want to ask God to be God today and that he would heal you. If you've got a relationship that's broken, we want to ask for reconciliation to put you on the path to say this is what it looks like for you to move forward. If you're battling with addiction or oppression, man, we would love to pray with you because I know the one who sets the captive free. His name is Jesus. So I'm going to ask the prayer ministry team, go ahead and pop up, guys. They're going to be praying on all four corners. Um, And as I pray, I want you guys to go ahead and stand. Everybody else, go ahead and stand. And as we sing one last worship song, uh, I just want to invite anyone who needs prayer to know Emmanuel, to be saved, to come into the kingdom today for the first time or say, I want to be back walking with my king. Or if you say, I want the kingdom to come in my life, I need healing, I need restoration. We want to ask you to come. So don't delay. Don't let fear hinder you. Don't let anything else hinder you. Let this be the greatest day of joy in your life up until this point. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming down out of heaven with love on your mind. Thank you that you are still with us, that in our praises you are there, where two or three are gathered, you are there that your spirit dwells in those that call upon your name, Jesus. Lord, let us believe that. Let us experience that. Lord, thank you for your saving power, that there is no sin that will keep us from your forgiveness. Lord, let that be the case today. Forgive us of our sins. Walk somebody into the kingdom today, Lord. And finally, Lord, let your kingdom come. Bring healing. Bring the atmosphere of heaven into this place today in Cypress, Texas. For your name, Jesus. 